I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome to the show. I'm Dan, your host for this episode, and I am very excited to welcome today's guest, uh, because she is an author of a great book, a co-author of another great book, the head of a uh, publishing company, the, the vice president of a publishing company, Personal Power Press, where she helps to provide a platform for individuals to publish their stories, turn their pain into power and obstacles and opportunities, and inspire others. Uh, Elisa Devine, you've got an amazing mission. I'm so excited to to dive in. Thank you for joining me, Elisa. Thank you, Dan, so much for having me. I am looking forward to this conversation and I appreciate your time here. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and dive in a little bit to, let's talk about your your book and we'll get to know you as we do that. The book is uh, She Wins, right? And mm -hmm. is is full of stories, mm -hmm. not just one story, full of stories, which like, to me is both heartbreaking but also empowering. Um, the fact that we have so many stories of, of abuse and survival is we shouldn't have to have them, but we do have them. So it's empowering. So anyway, long, long winded. Tell me a little bit about this book, where it came from and what it's about. Where it came from, because I think this is important and it started out really as a personal journey. Um, I, at the time I was actually a photographer. I didn't have anything to do with publishing or being an author um, at that point that I thought of this book, um, I, you know, am a survivor of domestic abuse and I wanted to be able to help other women to overcome it because I thought if I could help one other woman overcome really, because that was the place where I was at, I, I felt like, you know, I had done so much personal work. I'd started over with my life and, you know, I was still facing obstacles um, on a regular basis. And um, I just felt so strongly that I just wanted to be able to be done with it and to overcome it and to put it, you know, as part of my past and still not have like the difficulty you know, on a regular basis. So I thought if I could just help one other person, if I could teach her what I learned, if I could teach her to be able to not, um, you know, get stuck um, on a regular basis and not still feel the pain, you know, years later after leaving, then what I went through, everything that I went through, it would have been worth it if I could turn that into helping other people. And so I thought about um, using, I had always been a writer in the sense that I had always blogged and I had always, um, you know, uh, uh, journaled and, um, 
and so I thought about using my background as a writer. I, I also can, um, you know, used to be certified to teach um, English and, and, you know, in education in, in the school district. Um, so I wanted to be able to use that and also be able to use my background in photography and to show um, not only, you know, tell the stories of survivors, but also to show pictures of them because at the time, um, my niche in photography was in empowering women and um, showing them, you know, as, you know, I did a lot of corporate photo shoots or, you know, personal branding photo shoots. And so I worked a lot with women and showing their strengths. And I wanted to be able to take that and show women who overcame domestic abuse as being strong and being powerful and being beautiful because society has this kind of, um, you know, stigma on um, women who were abused as being um, powerless and, um, and not having a voice and not being mm -hmm. seen. And so I wanted to take that and I wanted to use what I had and I wanted to show it. And so it is really, you know, interesting how when you get on this path, how the universe coordinates everything for it to come together sure. because that's exactly what happened and you know i started doing that and i and i started thinking well what could i do you know how could i could photograph women i could tell their stories so i started reaching out to them and it was like just every day i would wake up to my email being full of someone who wanted to be seen and heard and so I have um, in this book, 21 women from all over the world who share their stories, who have been photographed in beautiful ways. You know, each, each story starts with a black and white photo of the woman who, um, you know, and it depicts, the black and white photo depicts some of the emotion that she felt during the abuse. So you can connect with that and then you get to read her story and then you get to see um, a strong, colorful portrait of her afterwards as being empowered. And um, so, I mean, just that journey alone um, was, you know, you start out, a lot of times people start out with a personal project. And in the process, you cannot help but become involved, evolved, you know, throughout that process. And so, um, you know, I became co-owner of a publishing company, you know, vice president. Um, I quit my photography business to do publishing and authoring full time. And, you know, and I've been able to help not just one woman, but um, several women throughout the yeah. process. That's amazing. And, and you have these, these other projects that you work on. Uh, you have the, the More Than Beautiful project, which we can get into in a minute. Like your heart really seems to be helping women overcome. Uh, it's, it's, such a, it's such an uplifting. When I was looking through your website before we talked, I was just like, man, this is amazing. I want to show my daughters. I want to show the world. So um, yeah, and I can hear it in your voice. So much passion. So. Mm -hmm. Because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be in that place of feeling disempowered, of feeling low confidence, of feeling like you don't even know if you have a purpose or if you there's even a reason to be alive, you know? And so by, by overcoming that myself, it just became like, well, I want to give this to other people because it's so powerful, you know? And it, it changes lives. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and so... 
so my question for you then, Elisa, uh, first is you talked about the photography of it. You know, we, we've interviewed many survivors here on, I'm not in an abusive relationship. And we talk about this in the world through domestic and sexual abuse services through DASIS. It so often is a private issue, a private story, a private scenario, situation, whatever you want to call it, but it's often so private. You know, the, the public doesn't necessarily want to talk about it. That's behind closed doors. It's not our thing. Victims and survivors don't always want to talk about it because it is so obviously traumatic or other things. It's so private. How do you help women open up so that they're willing to take those photographs, tell their story? Are these women who just know that they want to, or do you do something to help them get to that point? It's both. Um, and everyone is so different in their journey. You know, some of the women who are featured in She Wins, it was their first time telling their story, you know, and kind of almost like being exposed to their families, to um, maybe their kids, to um, society in general. So um, some women that, ha that are featured in She Wins have had already experience um, in doing that and telling their stories. So, you know, there's, there's definitely a variety. And um, I think, you know, it's important for me to work one-on-one -on -one, um, in some ways with them to be able to meet them where they're at, because it is very, um, you know, and, and I'm going to say that domestic abuse is different in this way because um, there is the factor that it is so intimate, you know, and we, and we can, I don't want to compare it with sexual abuse because they're very different. But what I do want to say is that with domestic abuse, there is, you know, a family involved and that is the intimate part of it that can be very difficult because there are often children involved. There are often extended families involved. It does not just, um, you know, entail the two people in the relationship. It entails, you know, so much more than that. And that's the difficult piece of it because, you know, oftentimes women are embarrassed that, you know, this happened to them and they don't want the rest of their family to know. A lot mm -hmm. of times women do not tell their family, you know, and so they, they keep it a secret. And a lot of times the kids are involved and there may be custody um, issues. And so they don't want to, you know, um, put their kids in that situation. So there's so many pieces there. And um, the way that I work with the women that I work with is by helping them to see, you know, like, like, what do you want to do with telling your story? Because if you tell your story and you share that with other people, is there going to be a woman that is going to resonate with your story that is going to hear your story and, and think that is exactly how I feel. So yeah. what, you know, what if you hold that back? What if you don't speak your truth in that way and you miss um, being able to connect with someone whose life you can change, you know, so we look at the bigger picture of it, you know, yes, it's uncomfortable. And yes, you know, we may be exposing pieces that, that, you know, we can be criticized for, we can be questioned for, and, you know, the list goes on and on. But who are the people that we're going to help? That's what we want to focus on. That's who we want to focus on. And, you know, there's so much growth that can come out of that. And, um, yeah, so I think, you know, fo focusing on who can, who can, um, we can make a difference for. Yeah. Where it's at. And it's a, a great mission to be able to do that. We've seen it 
with the podcast, we've seen it with, you know, presentations. Um, you're absolutely right, Elisa. Sharing those stories, as difficult as it can be, can help others. And it's so such a good work. Um, okay. So you, you co-authored another book, uh, Killing Kate. And it's a turning abuse and tragedy into transformation and triumph. Yes. What is, what was that journey like? You know, with, with she wins, this was you, this was your photography, this was your writing. Killing Kate sounds like it's a little bit different. What was that like? It is different. Um, well, I met Kate in the process of interviewing and photographing her for she wins. So when we, um, we met at, in her, um, where she was living nearby in um, Virginia. And in talking with Kate and sitting down with her, I felt so much um, similarity with her in the fact that, um, you know, although her story is very different than mine, um, she was shot twice by her ex-husband and so was her father um, in front of her four-year-old son. And so her story is different from mine where I did not, you know, I was not shot. Um, However, everything, you know, and he was not abusive physically to her up until that point, you know, there, there were some things, but the majority of the abuse was manipulation, domination and control. And that's what I um, felt that I, I felt so similar with her in that. And so, um, you know, I asked her, like, have you thought about writing a book? I really feel like your story needs to be told to the world. There are so many things that, you know, so many ways that she was let down from the court system to, um, you know, the, just all of the, all of the, um, the systems that were in place, let her down. And, um, I thought that that needed to be told. And, and so, I was able, that was, this book was different for me where I was able to, you know, tell my story in a way that we were telling her story too. And, um, you know, we're similar in age. Uh, We went backwards in time looking at, you know, what it was like when we were in high school, having relationships, what we were taught, what we were not taught at that age and, and, and how, um, how that really sets women up, you know, as a disadvantage in relationships and in moving forward in life. So, um, you know, we wanted to bring all of that to light and, you know, and and it was really fun for me. I will have to say doing that book with Kate was really fun because, um, you know, I got to help empower her telling her story because, you know, she shared with me, like, it's really emotional for me to, to go through this. I don't think that, you know, I could write a book by myself. And I was like, well, let me help with that, you know, because, um, you know, and we did it, we did an outline, we had a procedure of how we went about, you know, doing the book. And it was just such a special thing for me to get to do. I just loved every process of it. And, and does that lean into then the, the publishing side of it, the personal power press? Is that where that kind of like fed that? It did in a way. Um, when I started with She Wins, um, I was then asked to become um, co-owner of Personal Power Press. And so, um, you know, up until that point, Personal Power Press, I've been around for several years. And 
um, it was about, um, at that time, writing books um, with the two owners that were part of it who were into education and into self-help and into relationships and, and that kind of thing, but they didn't bring on authors externally from the company. So, um, so that was something that had changed when I became part of Personal Power Press. Um, we decided to help others um, tell their stories to provide that platform of turning pain into power. And so, yes, that was one of the next steps was bringing on Kate as an author, publishing her book. We've went on to do, um, to do more with that. Um, we do a lot of work also with anthologies and, um, and, you know, providing that platform for people to be seen and known as a leader and to use that to grow their businesses and, you know, to, to um, help them with their mission, you know, whatever it is that they want to do to help other people in the world. So again, beyond, beyond the abuse side of it, beyond the survivor's story, it is their story as women in their life doing work. So it's, there's so much more, but that's a part of it. What I understand. Absolutely. Yes. We want to be able to um, talk about, you know, the overcoming, the moving beyond, you know, that's really important in our company to focus on that, you know, and to give people that, that inspiration that yes, even though you've went through something that is unimaginable, that is so difficult, that can rock your world and keep you stuck forever, you know, really, and and it does for some people, we want to be able to, to provide that inspiration of, yes, I went through this and I've been able to move on and I can help other people and, you know, I can be an inspiration for others as well. Yeah. It sounds like community and relationships are very important to healing and to moving beyond, as you called it. It, How how important has that been for you? It's been key. I can't, I mean, that really has been my number one tool to be able to move beyond. Because if I look back at every piece that I've overcome in my life, and so interesting that you asked this, because I'm actually, um, I'm launching a course that begins um, the second week of September on overcoming adversity. And so that really is my number one um, piece of advice for people is don't go it alone. Every time I look at something, you know, I look back and I reflect on something that I've overcome in my life. And there's been several things. Um, But I have always had someone that I can call on to help me, to help get me through it, to be able to, you know, um, to make decisions, to take action, Um, you know, and that's been in the way of a coach, that's been in the way of friends that's been in the way of therapists that's been in the way of masterminds groups of other women you know i always 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 had someone to talk to someone to lean on someone to you know go for go to for advice yeah so i'd like to hear more about the uh the more than beautiful project Oh. That, was, that was one of those that I saw on your site too and started down that rabbit trail and was like, okay, I got to ask about this. So tell me, t- let listeners know what that is and then we'll talk about where it, where it came from. Yes. The More Than Beautiful Project is, um, it's a program that I have to teach women and also to teach teen girls um, how to be able to 
really um, hone in on their power to be able to feel confident, to be able to have a healthy mindset, to be able to um, identify what healthy relationships are and to know what to do if you are in a toxic relationship, to be able to have a big picture vision of you know, where you want your life to go and how to break that down into steps to actually create that, to build it. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's so powerful and it's not something that is easily accessible to um, nowadays and nor was it ever, you know, in the past, but it's something that I had identified that I, I knew was necessary for women and for teen girls. And how, and how is that going? Do you get up now? Obviously during our recording, it's COVID time. No one's really speaking in public, but has that, has, have you been able to do that and bring that program to, you know, schools, teen girls, women around the country? Well, I do not currently do not have it into um, schools. Um, However, I have a a client who is, um, who I'm actually co-authoring a book with right now, and that will be out um, later this fall, but I do see her using that um, in the school systems. I see her speaking in high schools and in colleges. So um, we've discussed that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it online, so I can coach women um, online and through my group program. So it's accessible to um, to anyone that way who would like to do a group a group program with me and. Um, Yes, I've, I've used it locally um, within my area for teen groups and um, also online. So yeah. that is the way I currently have it right now. Yeah. And that other book is Rise Above. That's the one that's coming out in the fall? Yeah, yeah correct. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's, so, it's so cool. This, you, you truly are living your mission of empowering others. You're, it doesn't sound like you're trying to take all the credit. You're trying to like, this is my program. You're, you're giving that to others to to go out into the world. I think that's so cool. Yeah. I just kind of get to be the conduit, you know, that it goes through me (laughs) because I feel like I've used everything, you know, with the more than beautiful project. Um, I look back at what, you know, because I was 16 when I got into my abusive relationship and I look back at what I wish I would have known when I was 16 and what I used as I was an adult in in getting out of that relationship and rebuilding my life. I combined all of those pieces and I made it into the more than beautiful project. And I made it so that, you know, it's something that I also use my daughters. I have, um, you know, between my husband and I, we have eight kids now. Um, And so five of them are girls. And I've been able to use them also as examples of things that I've noticed in them and, um, and use that as part of the more than beautiful project too. Um, because, you know, I also want them to have a different experience than what I had, you know, when I was a teenager. So, um, it really is, you know, everything that I've learned throughout, you know, the last, two to three decades of my life. And I've turned that into something that I can teach other people. And if you could go back to that 16 year old or when you do talk to 16 year olds, is there one particular piece of advice that you'd want to give? Yes. Yeah. What I would give 16 year olds right now, the piece of advice I would give them is to 
love yourself, to value yourself, to spend so much time investing in yourself, doing the things that fill you up, that you know, you're not focusing so much on a romantic relationship or you're not focusing so much on trying to make someone else happy, that you um, build that happiness and you build that self-worth and, and value within yourself first. Like that is your number one job as a 16-year-old is to find that within yourself and to find what lights you up and to feel good about yourself. So good. I have, uh, my daughters are 14 and 15, so I'll make sure they listen to this because it's yeah, so good. Absolutely. You know, we really need to start teaching girls when they are even in middle school, because that's when they start to, you know, and, and boys too, you know, I'm not, I, I believe that this is fully, you know, something that boys need to be responsible for too. I happen to focus on girls and women because that is, you know, my specialty and where I feel the passion, you know, but I have sons too. And they, all kids, you know, they need to know starting in middle school when they start to even think about like liking, you know, other people and, and romantically, um, they need to learn this because, you know, if they don't, then it just can compound as they get older and it can, you know, it gets more difficult to, um, be able to teach that and to, you know, share that message and to overcome it then, you know, they're, cause they're already starting to get into it. So the more you can do it at a preventative stage, you know, the easier it is. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm curious, how hard is it to go from Elisa, the speaker and the, the, the outside expert to into your family and share that information with your girls? Interesting. Um, do they even listen? <laughs> they do. They do. Sometimes they're like, mom, come on. You know, like we, we, and then sometimes they joke with me. Like, I don't even know what it was. A, a few um, months ago, they were, they were kind of like joking around with me like, oh, mom, this is right up your alley. It's all about confidence for girls. And, you know, so they know, they know what yeah. I do. Um, and I think sometimes they do appreciate it. Sometimes, you know, they like to they like to play around with me um, on it. But they, you know, and they do listen. Good. They do listen, and they do um, know. They do use it sometimes, yeah. you know. And um, yeah, so good. So there's so there's hope for parents that kids will listen sometimes. They do, and you know what? I, I will add to that is the most effective way to communicate with kids on subjects like that is to use very short, um, you know, if you think of 60 to 90 second kind of speeches um, and in doing it that way, you know, because, or, or having a conversation in the car, there's something about not having to have the, the eye contact when you're talking about something that could be difficult yeah. for kids to be able to be more receptive to it. Yeah. That's a great tip. I use, I use that often. <laughs> Good, good. We we, yeah. we have we have some commutes around here, so um, yeah, that's always been good. That's my favorite place to have a conversation is in the car with the kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so what? Any any final words of wisdom for women who are who are listening, or young ladies or girls who are listening? Um, you know, they're 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 feeling pulled. They're feeling like they need something. Like this is where this is hitting them right now. What would you give them? to give them the hope and the direction for what's next for them? I would say 
that the most important thing at this point is to reach out to someone, to connect with someone that you trust. And when I say someone that you trust, that is key. Um, because there are often people, you know, in our circles that we share things with that may not give the best advice, that um, may not be trustworthy, that may not know, you know. And so if you can find one person, and it doesn't even have to be someone that you know, it can be someone that you reach out to online, it could be someone that you call at um, a domestic violence center. Um, but it needs to be someone that you can reach out to, that you can confide in, that you can know, that you know that can help you to um, feel that relief, that help is there. And, um, and you know, I just want, want the listeners to know that, you know, with everything that I've went through in my life, there were many times that I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it through, you know, but I think that um, use me as an example, as evidence that you can, okay? Because we need to look at the evidence that there are other women who have experienced, you know, unfathomable, fathomable um, tragedies and have been able to um, create from that, you know, new meaning in life and new purpose and new opportunities. So use those women that you see doing that as evidence that that can also happen for you. Very good. Elisa Devine, this was tremendous. Uh, I want to read this last paragraph from your about, because I think this wraps it up for me. You, you, I love your mission to help women and girls step into their best versions of themselves, transitioning from where they are to where they want to be, whether in life, writing or business. You help women create lives with meaning and purpose. Um, it's just so so well said, and and obviously you're living it out. Thank you, Elisa, for being a part of. I'm not in an abusive relationship. Uh, the book again is uh, she wins harrowing stories from women who survived domestic abuse. Please check out Elisa. Where can people connect with you, Elisa? Thank you, Dan. Um, people can connect with me at my website, um, which is www alisa a-l-i-s-a divine d-i-v-i-n-e dot com you can send me an email um, through there you can see more about my services and i just want to say um thank you so much for having me i really appreciate you know you bringing this light um this message into the world and for having this platform to be able to open up this conversation you know, it's so important and it's, it's really um, the step into eliminating abuse. Absolutely. Completely agree. You're welcome. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Elisadivine.com. We'll link to all that in the show notes. So wherever you're listening, go to the show notes. Um, thank you again, Elisa. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, D-A-S-A-S-M-I dot org. That's dasismi dot org. Or call our hotline at 800-828-2023. We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it, all help us spread the word 
and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.